the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Glenn Beck. Jihadist training camp found in New Mexico. That is the headline that should be everywhere in America today. Let me say it again. Jihadist terror camp found in New Mexico. It's not the one you're reading, though, is it? I would ask you to check out MSNBC to see how they're reporting this story. They don't really find it newsworthy as uh, just a few minutes before we went on the air. Imagine that. What about CNN? Their headline reads, children found in New Mexico compound training for school shootings, prosecutors say. That's their headline, which leads to all kinds of fake news on Twitter. All of the people saying, thanks, Dana Lash and the NRA. All of the people who are now betting that this is an NRA member. Why? Because they're not including all of the details in the story. So let's do that for them. <clears throat> you decide what this story is about. Here's what we know so far. Police raided a remote New Mexico property last Friday. They were looking for a missing boy. Now, here are the details. See if there's an overriding theme here that might change a headline or two. A Georgia woman had reported that her sick son was kidnapped by her now separated uh, husband. He had driven all the way from uh, Georgia to New Mexico to perform an Islamic ritual on his son. It's called Rukya. Now, the arrest warrant claims the father wanted to perform an exorcism on his child, but the mother said it was a translation error. error. So now how can you screw up a word like exorcism? Well, I'll come back to it. See, if you use the word exorcism, oh, well, uh, now, now, they're, now it's a compound training kids to shoot kids out in the middle of nowhere, and they're performing exorcisms. What does that sound like, Stu? Huh. Let's see. It's a tough one. Does it sound like a, does it hmm. sound like a Muslim or a Christian camp? I, I was going to go Jehovah's Witness. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Sure. Mm-hmm. The alleged kidnapper's name is Siraj Wahaj. Ah, right in yeah. the pocket of the Jehovah's Witnesses. Yep. Mm-hmm. His family, um, let's just say, has a little bit of a checkered background. His father is a New York City area imam that heads a mosque there. Oh, that doesn't sound so bad. No, it doesn't, except he was also named as an unignited co-conspirator of the 1993 World Trade Center bombing. He was also a character witness for the defense of the blind friggin' sheet in 1995. A character witness. When police raided the New Mexico property, they found 11 children ages 1 to 15. They were dirty, barely dressed, and had no food or water. People, People who do this for a living said this is the worst squalor they have ever seen children found in. The house was made into a makeshift protected compound with tires and wooden pallets, creating a fortified wall. Waj was uh, uh, or Wahaj was armed with an AR-15 and four handguns. In total, five adults were arrested. Thanks a lot, NRA. Three women, all wearing Islamic headscarves and two men. Um, Got any themes yet? I mean, it sounds like I mean, you wouldn't. 
Sounds like it's directly from the National Rifle Association. Great. Uh, mm. Great. Now, Islamic extremism may be involved here. What? Well, the Taos County Sheriff said the, consi- the uh, kidnappers were considered heavily armed and, quote, extremists of the Muslim belief, end quote. That's the police and their quote. Let me give you the CNN what's their headline motivation? again. What's their motivation? Well, I don't know because... They we may s- never know. No, CNN headline is children found in New Mexico compound training for school shootings. <clears throat> again, extremists of the Muslim belief, end quote. They also said the, sc- the children were being trained to perform school shootings. Oh, and let me just go back to the exorcism. That messed up translation on the word exorcism. It's actually pretty easy to explain. And this does make you an extremist. I just want to point out there is an exorcism. It's a rite in Islam called, I think it's Rukya. It's R-U-Q-Y-A. But jihadists use the same word as exorcism or R-U-Q-U-A when they, when they pray over a sick person. And not just any sick person. When a Muslim believes that a child or someone else is due to uh, is sick due to Western medicine, they have to perform this ritual to get all of the Western out of them. You know, the Crusaders and their evil modern day medicines have to be taken out through religious ritual. They don't sound like Muslim extremists at all to me. Do you? No, I haven't even sniffed a tie so far other than the police saying it directly. So let me ask you this. How does anyone know these facts and write the headline, children found in New Mexico compound training for school shootings? Prosecutors say, well, prosecutors also said they were extremists of the Muslim belief. Isn't that interesting? Well, they don't want you to focus on this story because there's something else that came out overnight. This guy who was running this camp? Yeah, he was a... I want to see if I can... I want to get this exactly right if I have it here. Do I have it? Do I have it? it? Yeah, here I have it. I want to use the exact words... He was a, quote, mentor, motivator, and encourager of mine. You know who said that? Linda Sarsour. It's Thursday, August 9th. This is the Glenn Beck Program. All right, so let me just... Who's Linda Sarsour? Well, who's that? Is that some right-wing activist? Gun activist, I bet. Is it Dana Lash's brother? See, let me let me explain to uh, anybody who doesn't listen to the show all the time, or if you happen to be listening, you know, at Media Matters or wherever. Um, this is why Americans don't trust the press. Yesterday, they're still going on about collusion. They have nothing. They have opinions. They have speculation. And most of the news is opinions about speculation. They don't have any facts. But when they do have facts and it doesn't fit their narrative, they don't cover it. 
This is a really big story. When you look at just, forget about Linda Sarsour for a minute. When you just look that we have found a Muslim extremist terror training camp, and they were training children to go in and kill children, is there a more important story than that today? Is there a more important story than that today? I have said for a very long time, and if we have time today, we're going to cover this. Beslan is the thing that would destroy this country, would tear us apart. And that is what happened in Beslan, Russia, Chechnyan uh, extremists, Muslim extremists, went in on the first day of school and slaughtered these children. I mean, it was horrible. You might remember it. It happened right at the same time the Chechnyan extremists took over the, uh, uh, I think it was a theater, a ballet or something like that in Moscow, and they ended up having to gas all of those people. This was, this was horrifying, absolutely horrifying what happened. And it has been a shock to me, and thank you, FBI. It has been a shock to me that they haven't done this yet. Well, you're training 15 kids to go into schools and shoot people? Hmm. What do you think that would do to us? And who do you think you'd be blamed on? Islam or the NRA? How many people would defend uh, the actions of these terrorists and blame it on the NRA, even if they knew it was a Muslim extremist camp. I would think many in the press. So it's, it's not just their agenda on the NRA that is making them leave out all of the Islamic extremists. It is also their, their I don't know, coddling of Islamic extremists, the out-and-out out denial that these things are happening in our country. They don't want to say those things, but this story goes deeper. This story goes to Linda Sarsour. Now, who is Linda Sarsour? One of the uh, founders and heads of the Women's March. Oh, really? You, you mean the, the, the Women's March that is going against Trump? Yes. Even the same Women's March that went and she brought all of these big leaders of all of these radical groups and the Democratic Party in to see Louis Farrakhan, but it was no big deal? No big deal. That lady. Okay. Linda Sarsour. You mean Linda Sarsour, the one who advises uh, and counsels with the heads of the Democratic Party. That Linda Sarsour? Mm -hmm. Linda Sarsour um, came out at the last ISNA con uh, conference, and this is how she started her speech. And to my favorite person in this room... That's mutual is Imam Siraj Wahaj, who has been a mentor, a motivator, an encourager of mine, someone who has taught me to speak truth to power and not worry about the consequences, someone who has taught me that we are on this earth to please Allah and only Allah, that we are not here to please any man or woman on this earth. So I'm grateful to you, Imam Siraj. And you might think this is weird, but every once in a while when I get into that deep, a dark place, um, Imam Siraj comes and talks to me. 
um, and then he helps me to emerge out of those spaces. So mm. I'm grateful to you, Imam Siraj. May Allah bless you and protect you and keep you Help. for a long time for our yeah. community because we need yeah. you uh, now more than ever. They need him now more than ever. Uh, unfortunately, Allah did not protect him because his ass is rotten in jail today because he, her mentor was training 15 kids to kill other kids. So you ask yourself, why isn't the media covering this? Well, because this will hurt the Democratic Party. That's why. That is the only reason why. This hurts the narrative of the left. The narrative of the left that all of Islam is peaceful. It is not. About 10% is not. And that's a lot of people. The, the Islamist states, they are cruel, brutal, and as bad as any Nazi ever was. But it's against women, not just Jews, women, homosexuals. What the hell are you doing? Fellow Americans who vote differently than me, but you still have compassion and a heart. What are you doing? These people want to kill. They want to kill homosexuals. They will abuse women. Yesterday, I posted something on Twitter. It's, it's, it's in Arabic. Um, I guess maybe we could play it and I could read the translation to you. But it's, a, it's an Arabic guy on the streets in the Middle East asking, what would you do if, you're, if your sister went out and got a job, I'd kill her. That was the answer. I'd kill her. Why? Because she's dishonoring me. She's dishonoring my family. Over and over and over again. Please don't talk to me about how oppressive the hierarchy here in America is. Can we focus on something a little bigger? How can you possibly, possibly lay any ties down with people who believe that? Well, I don't know who those people are. Okay, we do know this. Linda Sarsour, a person the DNC is in bed with deeply. Linda Sarsour, somebody that the media all just airs like she is some princess from heaven. She's a radical. It's not a one-off that those people were sitting with Louis Farrakhan. It's not. This was her mentor. And America, this is the kind of fake news that is being squashed. This is why the media is not trusted because we have her in her own words, praising, saying he comes to her in her darkest times to counsel. He's a mentor. He's a killer. But the press can't even bring themselves to tell you that he's Muslim, let alone the ties to Linda Sarsour and the Democratic leadership. Is there a bigger story, Stu? Has there been a bigger story since 
since the Russian uh, hacking of our of our uh, it's a huge story, huge story. It's a I huge can't story. think of anything. The Russia story is big. But there's it's nothing big. new on it. There's right. nothing new on it. It's, it's big. Like you, your point on CNN is great. It's because it's like it's like debating whether Episode Nine of Star Wars is good or bad. And it's right. like, well, we can all kind of have our opinion about what we think it will be, but it hasn't been released yet. So we don't know. So when it's released, we can all look at it and say, okay, here it is. This is good. This is bad. Some Jeez. people don't. Look at it. Look at Stu. Look at Stu. Uh, coming up next hour, we're going to be doing an hour on the Star Wars deniers. <laughs> Those who believe you can't judge Star Wars yet because all the evidence isn't in. We all know the science on Star Wars Episode Nine is settled. Now, I want to take you uh, to uh, uh, Palm Beach letter. Antika Tawari is crypto course. Last night, he had two hours of question and answers uh, online. And I think you can watch that again. They're going to rebroadcast it, uh, um, I think, today or tomorrow. You can find out online. Um, but there's something else that he does that's really, really good. Um, and we asked him to do it. It's the Smart Crypto Course. SmartCryptoCourse.com. 97% of the uh, people who go to the Smart Crypto Course give his his currency course his cryptocurrency course a four or a five star rating people um even people who have who thought they knew a lot about cryptocurrency love it people who didn't know anything don't know what bitcoin really is they they have no idea um how the blockchain works they have a handle on it as well it's a really simple course very informative uh and uh and waiting for you to take it it's smartcryptocourse.com. You can call for more information, 877-PBL-BECK, 877-PBL-BECK, and get more information. But this is the future. Blockchain is something you need to understand. Take the Smart Crypto Course now. It's exclusive. You can check it out uh, and uh, go to smartcryptocourse.com. All right. Let me, let me ask you a question. Uh, let me show you uh, the AP breaking news. This is on Twitter. Uh, breaking court documents say man arrested in, at New Mexico compound was training children to commit school shootings. Is that true or is that fake news? Um, it's true. It's true. It's true. That's uh, not. It's not. See? It's misleading. Yes, it's incomplete. Or, or incomplete. Is it's the better incomplete word. Yes. because of its incompleteness. You get. Uh, you get. Uh, retweets like this so he was an nra member and a donald trump supporter probably funded by the nra good guy with an nra gun i'm willing to bet he's an nra member so ridiculous thanks dana lash and the nra i need to start a new business and when these stories break i just need to find all the people who say i'm willing to bet that it's an nra member and they just bet bet them. them because they're always wrong yes i mean they're always wrong on these things isn't that crazy so you want to know what fake news is. Fake news happens because of incomplete news. For instance, on the Russia thing, we're arguing about fake news. Well, I can tell you what some of the facts are, but that's not what we're debating. We're not debating the facts. We're debating opinions about the facts, speculation. In the old days, a journalist ahead of a newsroom would have come in. They would have come in and said, hey, we think we have this. Well, when you have it, let me know. When you have it, that, we'll, we'll run that. It was a thing at a time. At it a was. Time. Just now like it's the, not. 
Just like uh, horse-drawn carriages were a thing. Yes. They were a big thing for a while. Uh, no, I... No, I, I, yeah, no it's, it's about that old, I think. No, but I, 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 it I, is, but I think... It would be more like going from well, like a Bugatti and then saying <laughs> we should go back to the horse carriage. No, the Bugatti was right in the first place. Check your sources when you have a fact. Report it Glenn and nothing else. Beck. Mercury. This is the Glenn Beck program. By the way, uh, we are going to be uh, taking your phone calls today on television at. Uh, at five o'clock, uh, make sure that you uh, join us live at five, and we'll be taking your phone calls at the usual number eight 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 seven two seven B E C K. We're going to try to take your phone calls a little bit today on the radio as well, if we can if we can make the uh, time. But we have a full half hour just to talk to you on the phones today, five o'clock, so you can voice your opinion and be heard. Um, we're talking a little bit about what happened um, with the arrest of uh, a group of uh, people, men and women. Muslim extremists uh, who had uh, who were training children to shoot other children in school. Yeah, just that we should clarify this because I think some people are confused because it's the same name. The dad and the son have basically the I think the exact same name. Yes. Um. So there are two it's of them, junior and senior. Right. So you and this this is a, an understandable point of confusion here because we didn't know anything about junior that was bad until yesterday. Okay. Yeah, we know about senior. Senior we've known was bad for a long yeah. time. Unindicted co-conspirator. co-conspirator. Also a character witness for the blind sheep. <laughs> so, I can't even believe this guy is in America, let alone uh, the guy that Linda would say, hey, by the way, he's a great guy and he's my mentor. Right. So a lot of people are thinking, oh, well, no, it's not uh, that he, you you can understand the confusion when you say, "Hey, she was praising the son who we didn't know anything bad about till yesterday." No, 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 no. She's praising the blind chic character witness and the unindicted co-conspirator, <laughs> the ninety-three World Trade Center the father that, of no, the guy no. <laughs> who who raised a son who thinks that it's right to follow Allah. To train kids to kill other kids. That's a wow, wow. <laughs> I don't know which right. is worse. I don't honestly well, know honestly, which is I worse. think the, the way it came out is worse. The fact that you're praising someone who has been known to be bad for two decades, if if you happen to know someone, the right, right, like there could have been, there are a lot of people who were friends with the BTK killer at church. Yeah. They may have praised him in speeches like crazy, but not knowing he was the BTK killer. <laughs> right. She's praising someone she knows was an unindicted co-conspirator <laughs> in the 93 World Trade Center bombing. And you know to what? To me, it's much worse. It's also something else. Look, the crimes of the son do, do, do not go to the father, and the crimes of no. the father do not go to the son. However, in this case, I think you could have a pretty strong case. The guy who's saying, oh, the blind sheik, he is a prince of a guy. I love him. And a co-conspirator mm-hmm. in terrorist operations. He's raising a son who's just a terrorist. I mean, that's not like following the same exact you're following ideology. the same ideology. Again, okay. and, and what's interesting about here is not I mean, it, there's a huge, massive point here to be made about Islamic extremism and the dangers we face. The point with Linda Sarsour, however, is Linda Sarsour has been embraced by the mainstream left. Has is the the women's media march too. was something that was universally praised by the it's left and the media, and that's her baby. That's her, 
And she is the one saying, the ment- my mentor is a person who is an unindicted co-conspirator in an attack on the World Trade Center. But see, uh, this doesn't matter. And somehow matter. that doesn't this, matter. Wait, wait, wait. This doesn't matter. This doesn't matter. We now have her connected to the father of the son who was training kids here in America to shoot children in school. Mm-hmm. Okay? We, uh, clear connection. And I'm sorry, but I don't, I don't buy that, oh, the, the, the sun is just a fallen apple. He fell way far from the tree. Don't buy it. Here, let me, let me teach you a little something about Linda Sarsour, okay? Here's, here's a quote from her. When I wasn't wearing a hijab, I was just some ordinary white girl from New York City, but wearing a hijab made you know that I was a Muslim. So I don't even know what that means. Does that mean I'm white, but if I put the hijab on, I'm suddenly a person of color and and oppressed? I don't even know what that means. She is the Obama White House designated, designated champion of change. New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio sought out her endorsement. Bernie Sanders used her as a surrogate in his presidential campaign. Most recently, she is the lead organizer of the Women's March. Also, the lead plaintiff in a lawsuit against President Trump's immigration order. But who is she? Well, she came out of nowhere about 2003. She's a Palestinian-American community activist who served as the executive director of the Arab American Association of New York since 2005. She's a board member of the Democratic, uh, the Muslim Democratic Club of New York and a member of the Justice League. Holy cow, I didn't know. She knows Wonder Woman. <laughs> I wonder if cool. she's ever been in the plane. <laughs> Um, now, she, compl- <laughs> she, she claims to be a champion of Muslims, but in 2003, this is what she said about Saddam Hussein after he was captured. I think he's done a lot of things that he shouldn't have done, but I was hurt. My Arab pride was hurt. Palestinians are under so much oppression, and no other Arab country has ever helped them. Okay, Linda, how many Muslims did Saddam Hussein kill? How many Arabs? How many Palestinians? It, it, you, don't, you don't excuse his murderous regime because he might be with you on a couple of other things. She claims to be a champion of human rights. However, she has boasted that she has family members and friends in the terror group Hamas. In a 2004 article, it appeared on the Columbia Graduate School of Journalism website, Sarsour acknowledged that a friend of hers, as well as her cousin, were both, uh, Sarsour's cousin, were both serving long sentences, 99 years and 25 years, in Israeli jails because of their efforts to recruit jihadists to murder Israelis. Moreover, she revealed that her brother-in-law was serving 12 years in Israeli prison because of his affiliation with Hamas. So she's a champion of human rights. She's added women's rights, of course, to her convenient activism. She's one of the main uh, co-founders of the Women's March. So you know she loves women. Have you ever heard of the name Ayan Hirsi Ali? Mm -hmm. Who is she, Stu? Uh, relatively, I'm certainly well known, I think, to 
conservatives yes. uh, and people. She's, I would say, part of the ideological, dark, uh, intellectual dark web. I would think so. Uh, she is very outspoken and honest about uh, what she's gone through. Uh, she's the only person I've interviewed presidents. Yeah. She's the only person I've ever interviewed that had a Secret Service agent stand at the camera lens right next to the main camera. Never had that before. Never seen that with anyone. Mm. Her security is so tight because Muslims want to kill her. Yep. Because she was sold by her parents to somebody, I think, in Canada. I can't remember exactly. So she was, she was coming from the Middle East. They had to make a stop somewhere in the Netherlands. She got off the plane. She immediately took off her hijab. And she changed her name and disappeared. Okay. She lived in the Netherlands for a while and taught herself. I mean, she right, pulled really herself smart. up. She's really smart. She's an amazing woman. She was, uh, she was sub- uh, subjected to female um, genital mutilation. Okay? She tells a horrifying story of what it's like to be a woman in radicalized Islam. Here's what Linda Sarsour said about her. I wish I could take her vagina away. She doesn't deserve to be a woman. Mm. This is the champion of women. She also defends Saudi Arabia's treatment of women. In November 2014, in a tweet, she derided critics of Sharia law in Saudi Arabia for worrying about women driving. The fact that religious custom in a country bars women from driving automobiles, it's much more significant uh, that Saudi women receive 10 weeks of paid maternity leave, which puts us to shame. You can't leave your house without an escort of a man. (laughs) But the maternity leave policy is Is solid. Most recently, she has been accused of enabling sexual assault and body shaming while she was the executive director of the American uh, Arab American Association, quoting one of the victims. She oversaw an environment unsafe and abusive to women. Now, this happened in the Me Too time. This has happened in the last 18 months. How come she hasn't been outed? Witnesses have corroborated the story that a female staffer working for Sarsour was sexually assaulted by a man multiple times, and Sarsour dismissed the allegations because the accused was, quote, a good Muslim and was always at the mosque, end quote. Imagine saying that. Oh, my God. Well, he's always at church. He's a good Catholic. He's a good Christian. He's always mm-hmm. at church. No one would accept that in the media. No. She also said that there was no way any man would want to do such a thing to this victim because she was, quote, too fat, end quote. The accuser claimed that Sarsour threatened legal and unprofessional damage or professional damage if any of this information ever came out. Just wait until more people start to talk, she said. Sarsour is no champion of women The accuser said she's an abuser of them. Sarsour has also added Black Lives Matter to her list of causes because she's a friend of the African-American. Except in 2016 in Chicago, she said, and I quote, the sacrifice the black Muslim slaves went through in this country. 
is nothing compared to the Islamophobia today. What? But she's a friend of the African-American as well. Now, I just would like to point something out. Do you know who went into the jungles? Who went into the mainland of Africa and rounded people up? Were they white people? They were actually, for the most part, Muslims. They were Muslims who felt they had a right through Islam to round up those infidels that were not Muslim or not Muslim enough and sold them to the white slave traders. A little fact of history that has been left out. And so the sacrifice of black Muslim slaves is kind of hard to believe, seeing that Muslims wouldn't sell a fellow Muslim in if they were Muslim enough. Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. And if, if, if you think that this woman is any less dangerous than Alex Jones, this woman is not being ridiculed in public all the time. This woman is not like Alex Jones that has no hands on any levers of power. She does. She's starting movements. She's consulting with the DNC. And she thinks she has a right to, uh, you know, and this is not hate speech in any way, shape or form. This is no big deal. You know, she just thinks that uh, some women that she deems should uh, have their vaginas taken away from them because they don't deserve to be women. By the way, if you just joined us, why are we talking about her? Well, she's uh, good, good pals with uh, with dad who was a co-conspirator, co uh, co unindicted co-conspirator, uh, and uh, also a character witness for the Blind Sheik in 95. Uh, and he also, he also raised the guy that was training children to kill children here in America, a, a compound that has just been raided by the FBI. Thank you, FBI. All right. Hiring people is a real challenge. I mean, if you are the DNC, where do you go, Stu? I mean, you know, you're looking for somebody that is, you know, not connected to the blind sheik, uh, you know, not friendly with the family. Yeah. Uh, doesn't want to take people's vaginas away. Where do you go? That's got to be that's a pretty high cliff to climb. Well, the phone book's almost empty after you take right. those things out. I mean, there's right. almost no one left. There's almost no one left. <laughs> So you'd think that you'd be able to find somebody pretty easily, but no. no. Uh, may I recommend to the DNC and also to you that if you're looking for the right candidate, it's a pretty low bar, uh, but I think you can find them. We were talking. We're going to be talking uh, later on in the program about uh, uh, the Chinese spy that worked for Diane Feinstein for twenty years. For twenty years. Um, you sh Diane should probably pull ZipRecruiter up. Yeah. You know, maybe sort through the Chinese spies before yeah. you make your hires. Right. Are you a Chinese spy? Mm -hmm. Are you a Chinese? That should be, <laughs> I don't, know. I don't <laughs> want any Chinese spies. You can put that in with ZipRecruiter, okay? ZipRecruiter will not only send it out, but then they, they send it to 100 job boards to post, but then they know that there are people that aren't going to see that. And so they scour the internet. They scour all of the resumes to see 
who's out there and they that really fit and they invite them to apply for your job. That's why in the first day, most people get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's ZipRecruiter. Try it out for free now. ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. You know, we have got to reunite all of these children with their parents. How dare you? How dare you say we should have a DNA test or I want some sort of identification? They're just families coming across the border. (laughs) Am I right? Thank you for finally admitting that. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, Ramon Pedro entered the U.S. this April uh, through a port of entry in Texas where he claimed that the girl he was accompanying, uh, that he was with, was his daughter. Oh, that's nice. Nice yeah. father-daughter date. Daddy-daughter yes. date. Yep, just going mm-hmm. out. I just went with my dad. Yeah. He likes to take me across the border. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, when they went into the hospital for a TB screening, uh, the staff uh, uh, found out that uh, Pedro was being uh, was was sexually um, uh, assaulting this little girl. Oh. In fact, um no, that was not his daughter at all. Oh. Well, it's only one case. Can we stop please and look at reason? We would never accept these kinds of rules for our children. Why would we expect less for Glenn others? Back. Mercury. Get ready, because socialism is coming, or at least a version of socialism. Let's call it campus socialism. You know, the kind of socialism that you can enjoy while sipping your vente soy latte at Starbucks and posting anti-Trump memes on Reddit. The latest example is Rashida Tayyib. She won the Democratic primary in Michigan's 13th district, and she's going to run unimposed in the November general election. Here she is speaking with CNN about her motivation for running for Congress. You were actually at an event, a Trump speech. This was two years ago in Detroit. And you, along with several others, were were forcibly removed from that uh, speech for heckling. I mean, you tell me, Rashida, how much of your decision to run was shaped by this president? Look, I say this a lot to people, but it's true. I think President Trump being there in office, getting elected, was kind of a a bat signal for women across the country. It was like, it's our time. We have to march on and we can't stand outside of the ring anymore. We have to actually run for office and we have to demand to have a seat at the table because it's obvious that everything else is falling apart. And to have someone like him in office that talks like him, I mean, our children have to watch that, you know, hear that language and watch that kind of behavior and so absolutely i think a lot of that um drive uh does come from okay. uh you know president trump being in office okay. and uh the, so she, here the she culture is. and atmosphere that- here's a woman who is uh, running as a democrat because things are falling apart and it's donald trump's fault and she's uh speaking to us from the great city of detroit so First thing you should do is check out the video. It is not the kind of unhinged behavior you want from an elected official, at least not one for me. She was one of 14 protesters ejected from uh, a luncheon for heckling. You have to see it because she didn't go without a fight. Security literally had to drag her out backwards as she was screaming and wagging her finger. Now, in an interview with Detroit Free Press after the incident, she said, we need to be heard. You cannot stay silent. You know, he doesn't love Detroit. He doesn't love no one who isn't Donald Trump. Help me out with that sentence, please, Stu. He, he doesn't, doesn't love, love so he does love people who aren't 
Donald, Donald Trump. Trump. He doesn't love no okay. one, so he does love someone. Yeah, he doesn't love no one who isn't Donald Trump. Okay, so ridiculous statement. <laughs> uh, you know, it's easy to shrug off. If the entire argument, uh, you know, uh, her entire, our, our entire argument is that um, uh, that he's a monster that doesn't love Detroit, and that allowed her to beat five Democrats. The media has celebrated this uh, so-called rise of women against Trump. They've rejoiced that she will be the first Muslim member of Congress. They love the fact that she's the daughter of Palestinian immigrants. Wait, she won't be the first, right? Keith Ellison. First, first Muslim woman. First mo- Muslim, Muslim woman. woman. Got it. Um, all of these things are just, I mean, this is a feast for them. The very thought that they can check so many of the virtue points floods them with elation. So let's go back to the idea. One of her prime objectives is to impeach President Trump. Here she, here's what she said. Quote, she didn't cite her, uh, she doesn't uh, cite any of the grounds um, for impeachment uh, because she believes, and I quote, Donald Trump has committed a number of crimes that will come to light when we start the impeachment hearings, end quote. I think that's the inquisition. We could spend a week on pointing out the hypocrisy in this statement, but perhaps it's better just to keep it short. It's time for all of us to get our houses in order, or else tantrums like these are going to keep happening and happening, and we are going to send more and more really angry people to Washington, and that's not a good thing. Because angry people, they make less and less sense the more angry they become. It's Thursday, August 9th. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I'm going to take phone calls uh, tonight at 5 o'clock on the uh, TV show. Just a half hour of just you and me. Uh, voice your opinion and uh, tell me where I've got it right. Tell me where I've got it wrong. Whatever you want to talk about. The number is 888-727-BECK. You can call now for the radio show or 5 p.m. Eastern. I would suggest that you call a few minutes earlier. Um, and uh, get lined up for the show. Starts at 5 p.m. Eastern, only on the Blaze TV. All right. Let me go to Dan in Georgia. Hello, Dan. Hey, Glenn. How you doing? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing good, but I'm extremely frustrated. Oh, boy. I think I think <laughs> I have a bone to pick with you guys, but I, I want to give you an opportunity to clear it up. All right. All right. All right. So you're I not outraged, but you could be outraged. I am outraged. Oh, you're outraged. I'm outraged with you. Okay, but you're outraged I with me. I do have a bone to pick with you. All right. No, okay. I don't, I'm not outraged with you. Okay. I might be outraged with Stu. Yeah, I, 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 a lot of people I, feel I, that I, way. Yeah. Mm. He is such well, a... I'm a jerk, he's, a, you know. he's a ticking time. Oh, he's Stu. <laughs> right. All right, so go ahead, Dan. Yeah, he's in jail. Okay. So you just played a, a, a clip from the AP, or not a clip, but you read the, the title from the, an AP presser where they completely omitted facts, whether they did that intentionally or not intentionally, uh, you know, who knows? Okay, hang on uh, just a second. Uh, no, they, they uh, I will, I, I am willing to speculate that they did that intentionally, uh, and I don't have it sitting in front of me, but it was an AP story about the arrest of this guy that was, oh, uh, that God. had a compound, and he was training children to kill children in school shootings. They never mentioned that he was Islamic. They, they no. never mentioned that this was Islamic extremist compound. They left all of that out. Right, exactly. Now, yes. on a side note, I don't want to get sidetracked, but your um, top of the hour uh, 
brief that you just had yes. that, that gave the headline. Yes. Also admitted all those facts except one quick statement of had ties to Islamic uh, terror camp in the past. I think there was one small little thing in there, but never mentioned his background. And so just so you know that, but that's not why. Okay, I'm well, I will check with the newsroom. I don't know why they would do that. But, but again, so they admitted it, omitted yeah. it, except when they said it? Well, but they this, only said one there's little a diff- spot about the yeah. compound having ties in the past, but they didn't talk about the seriousness yes. of it today, like you are. Yes, um, okay. You brought a whole new light to it today that nobody knew about until they listened to your show. That's my job. So I, I, I thank you for that. Okay. I'm just letting you know your property hour presser missed that. Part. And I appreciate okay. that. We'll check into it. So Donald Trump sits out there on an island by himself, and this is what I'm irritated about. And he's telling us how the, the fake news media is the number one enemy of the American people. And if we cannot get on board and agree with that statement right now more than ever to know that the fake news omitting facts consistently, omitting facts and making up stories is the reason why these compounds like this can exist, that is the number one threat to America. Is when you have a 15-year-old child with an AR-15 lining up to go into a school to mow down his peers, that's an issue. That is a threat, and they are weaponizing the First Amendment to use in a war against the American people. And we are not doing anything about it. Okay, we laugh I, about I, it. We joke about it. No, no, no. I, I, I we started I, a media company here. We started you know? a media company. <laughs> we, we, we are doing things about it. We are, we are educating uh, right now. Here's, here's the... Here's I think where you're what you're looking for from me. I think you're trying to say, why won't I say that the media is an enemy of the people? No, why? No, you'll never say that. And I don't believe the media is the enemy of the people, but I believe the fake news media is the enemy of the American. People. Define that for and me. That's what Define that for me. That, news that is fake, fake news. Well, just that exactly that. When to define lying, fake news. Yeah. Define fake news for me. I mean, I mean, if you're if you're saying that, like, what, like yeah, but, but who is that? Because if I saying that, that means different things to different people. If I say, you know, fake news, enemy of the people, there's a lot of people that are on the on the left that will say, yeah, I know. That's why we got to shut Fox down. And you'd say that on the right, and they'll say that's why we need to shut CNN down. You have to be more specific than that. You're you're absolutely right, and you have the platform to do that. And that's what I'm. That's where I have a bone. Is I don't know where you stand in support when Donald Trump says those statements. I do not support the statement that the that the press is the enemy of the people. Um, I understand what he's saying when he says fake news is the end uh, is the enemy of American people. But I would state it as apathy, arrogance and self-imposed ignorance is the enemy of the American people. There has never been a time in history ever where you have the ability to find the truth, where it is so easy, it is in your pocket. There used to be a time when I, I've done radio now for 40 years, and there used to be a time when I didn't know a fact. I'd have to call the research department at the library, and I would say, can you look this up for me? And they'd say, okay, sure. Depending on the question, it could take days to get the answer. Unless you worked at a giant newspaper or giant network or television station that had tons of researchers, you couldn't find this information. Dan, you can find the truth right now. 
it's it's not just that uh, people will take the AP story, which I showed you, had nothing to do with Islam, had nothing to do with the extremists. These guys are extremist Muslims. They left it entirely out. What happened? People retweeted and commented, NRA, thanks, Dana Lash. Oh, look, another NRA lover. Okay, they, who's, who's doing the false media? The AP left out critical information. That's bad, but that's not fake news. But people spreading it with the, with the comment above it saying, here's another NRA member, that's fake news. So who do I go to? I think, too, like, we have to look at this and his comments through that construct of the Selena Zeno, Zito construct of seriously and not literally. Like, if I take Trump's point literally that the, the press is the biggest, uh, the fake news media is the biggest foe of, of, of enemy of the American people, that's, a to me, a patently ridiculous statement. To the point of when you talk about the thing that we're mad at them not covering Islamic extremism is a much bigger threat to the American society than even the, than anything the media could ever do. Yeah, but I understand. However, I understand when you take it seriously, what he's saying is the media is really bad at times. Yes. And they do. Re- some of them do really bad things and they report on things falsely. Not all of his examples are accurate, but some of them are, you know, like we, and you if you if you take it seriously, I not literally, but mm-hmm. seriously, right. the university system is the biggest enemy to the republic it is it just is the university system see i i mean i i wouldn't agree with that either literally i wouldn't agree with no, that. i didn't say literally seriously seriously it is a big problem it, can you name and, a bigger one it's churning out people well, who know nothing right but i mean you know china and the so in the russia are bigger threats to the american people than the university system we will i believe um, well, it doesn't matter. But I mean, again, but we're, right. you can Is argue pro- that. But- right. That's the point. Is it a problem? Yes, we can agree right. that it's a problem. The same thing with Trump, right? Like, I can totally agree that there are massive problems with the media. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we have a story coming up uh, uh, from Vox, which, you know, Ezra Klein, who is making a point that I, I can't believe he's trying to make, right? However, Vox is also the source of going down the a cost of the democratic socialist programs and pegging it at 218 trillion dollars mm-hmm. is vox fake news sometimes they say things i think are completely false sometimes they do really good work so it's hard to did you, you did you read just, the end of my did you read the end of my book yet yes okay did you see the part where i'm talking about that thing on how do you decide what's fake and what's not yeah and, um and and sources it's an endless for the average person an almost almost too steep to climb but it's something that needs to be done but when you're looking at sources Mm -hmm. does that source occasionally piss you off if it doesn't occasionally piss you off they are only placating you they are only they're only serving what they know you want to consume right you should get pissed off occasionally who is one of the challenged in in our lifetime who is who is one of, known as one of the best journalists ever? I think they even have an award named after him in our lifetime. I mean, Tim Russert. Oh yeah, Russert always gets the. Why did the you cross. like Tim Russert? Yeah, he pissed off both sides. Yes, yeah. he would go after one side and then he would go after the other side just as hard every single episode. You, if somebody is not pissing you off, 
They're not doing their job. Right, we're doing, what, 20 hours a week of, of this stuff between TV and radio and not to mention all the other things. If you don't come to a show like this and listen for a long period of time and and not get challenged in what you believe, what's the point of coming here? I mean, you could sit, we could sit here, we can do a half hour saying everything that we think you agree with and just repeat it. If that's what you want. I don't think that's what people want. No, it's people not. want to be. I, I know this audience, at least. I think there are people out there that just want that. This but, audience, I mean, this audience over a, over a decade, we've seen this constantly. They want to be challenged. They mm-hmm. want to be pushed. They want to be they want to they want to be so solid in their principles uh, that when someone comes up to them and makes a point they had never heard before, they want to be able to have a foundation in that uh, topic they want to know why they believe what they believe they don't want to just spout some tweet they heard some guy say and this is not a 140 character show and 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 here's the thing there are there are cry there are sins of commission and sins of omission mm. and i take them seriously on both sides uh, the sins of commission russia people intentionally lying Sins of omission, AP, leaving out all of the, uh, the Muslim extremist stuff. That dramatically changes the story. That is a sin of omission. And it's just as bad. It's just as bad. So both, both of those. But words matter. Words do matter. And if you want to try to um, um, make friends and influence people, you have to be careful today with your words. And I'm not talking about being PC. I'm saying, let's say what we mean and mean what we say. We are not at war with the press. We are now at war. No, we can't even say war. We are now struggling to find how to find the truth. Because the truth does exist. Maybe not the complete truth. But we need to know what the truth is, what we're looking for, when it's incomplete. For instance, the Donald Trump thing. Any real journalist would say, okay, well, when you have something, let me know. But they don't have anything. So they're giving opinion on speculation (laughs) on what they could have. Well, that's not news. That's not news. That's speculation. And that's different. And we've confused the two of those. The media has done that. Well, that's a problem. And that relies on you, nobody else, you, to do your own homework. All right, I want to tell you about uh, Goldline. They've got a new, uh, they got a new, I don't know, what would you call this? Card? It's the Maple Flex. Um, and it, it's, it, it looks like a credit card. I think the size of a credit card, yeah. yeah. And uh, it's solid silver. It's made of uh, four pure silver maple flex uh, coins, bars. What are they? I always think of it like a Carmelo bar. Remember Carmelo? Yeah. Where you could kind of just like break off the individual pieces yes. of chocolate and caramel, yeah. which now I really want. Yeah. Well, this one, bar? if you look at this, these are the <laughs> smallest pieces of silver. And it's kind of like a Kit Kat. Yeah. You break <laughs> yeah, it off. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a Kit Kat that will uh, give you a lot more than just one taste of chocolate. Mm-hmm. It's 19 individual bars that make up two ounces of silver. Um, and it's, it's an innovative design. We actually asked them to the Canadian mint to, to make these. This is all 
currency. It's, you know, it's all um, it's made for barter, but it is legitimate, you know, printed it's by the Canadian mint currency. Real silver. Uh, and you just kind of snap it apart and then you have uh, coins, if you will. And the thought is if they're all silver. If things really hit the fan, you have something that you can easily break up for barter or whatever you yeah. might need. Plus, it's really cool. Yeah, <laughs> it is really cool. Yeah. It can be put into your IRA or, or, or whatever. But if things really hit the fan, if we see kind of, you know, any any kind of real inflation, this is going to be worthwhile. A 10 120 ounce bars, five 110 ounce bars, four one quarter ounce bars, all pure silver, guaranteed for its weight and purity by the Royal Canadian Mint. It is really made for investment and also for barter should things really go crazy. But don't worry about that. <laughs> what could happen in today's world? It's the Maple Flex Bar, available now at Goldline. Call them. They're waiting for your call now. Get the information, 1-866-GOLDLINE, 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. So I, my new book, Addicted to Outrage, comes out in September. And uh, I, want you to, I want you to pick it up because it, is, it, will, it will show you a few things that I think we're missing on being able to argue to win. Um, and it makes a strong case for not only for you, but your friends that may not be as in touch uh, on what's happening to us, why it's happening, and why we have to stop our addiction to outrage. And then gives you some tips on on how to do that. I'm going to go into that just real quick next. Bought some Powerball tickets the other day. Uh, turned them in. Four dollars I won. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm thinking about retiring. Problem is I did spend 20 on the tickets to win the four, and I'm not sure financially how that works out in the end, but I'm pretty sure it's a good investment. I'm not maybe the best investment guy in the universe, but I do know uh, how to pick a good real estate agent. That's because I know people who know how to do it. Uh, you know, It's not me. I just go to realestateagentsitrust.com, realestateagentsitrust.com. This is a website you can go to that will go through all the agents in your area, Find the best ones, see who's had the most success, see who, see who has the, the best consistent reviews and character, see who knows the business better than anybody, and then you get to pick that person. You don't have to worry about sifting through a bunch of really terrible agents. You get the best at the beginning. If you need to sell your house fast and for the most money, or if you're looking to buy, go to realestateagentsitrust.com. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. So I was reading a book last night. Uh, it's called Addicted to Outrage uh, by Glenn Beck. <laughs> wow, it's good. Yeah. Comes out in September. I got an early copy, though, because yeah. I'm lucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of the parts you were talking about, and I think this ties into what you were discussing last half hour, is the science behind the way you talk to people about something you might disagree with, mm-hmm. um, uh, d- d- disagree upon, and including... The way that, you know, if you are, let's say, to, you know, talk about something that you made a mistake on, it opens them up to admit that they made a mistake so, on something. So here's what that actual science is. And this is why it, words matter. And we have to change our approach. We have to change our approach. And you cannot be an absolutist because absolutists make no impact, no impact. But if you start a conversation with somebody and you're at a disagreeing, uh, you're, you're, you know, arguing about something. Find something that you were wrong about and say, look, I just want you to know, hang on, I'm not I'm I'm not that guy. I can tell you that I used to believe this. I used to say this and I was wrong about that. 
So I'm not that guy. Now, here's what I'm saying. Researchers found that, I can't remember the exact number, but it is a high percentage. You go from zero impact to being able to influence somebody's mind uh, between 60 and 90%. To where they're, all of a sudden, they drop the shield and they go, oh, okay, all right. So it's important that we change our language and we change our approach. Otherwise, we're just going to be screaming over top of each other. That's why when, when Trump says it's the enemy of the people, I, I want to give you a story, hopefully next hour, from Ezra Klein. It's the same argument. It's the same argument. He is making an argument that, you know, uh, kill white people doesn't actually mean kill white people to the people on the left. They understand what that means. Kill the hierarchy and doesn't actually mean kill. It means that the hierarchy is oppressive and should be changed. Okay, well, that's not what you said when you said kill white people. When you say enemy of the press, that means something to you, and it may mean something entirely different to the left. And by by not being careful with your words, you immediately put shields up and nobody's going to listen. That's why it's really important to be careful, because there are really important issues we are under attack from all sides. In fact, let me bring Ben Weingarten in. Uh, he's a, a, podca- a pod, uh, podcast host, Big Ideas with Ben Weingarten. Uh, he started his own media company. He's, uh, I think, from the first graduating class of The Blaze uh, <laughs> and also with the Federalist. Uh, ben, welcome to the program. Glenn, thanks so much for having me on. So I wanted to talk to you about this uh, article that you wrote about Diane Feinstein, because this is something that is really being buried. And I think this is a really big deal. Um, she is uh, in trouble now because apparently there was a spy in her office for about 20 years, a Chinese spy. Can you first give me any details that we have for sure on that? Yeah, and of course, the media accounts differ from what she tweeted out and a couple uh, basically trying to obfuscate and deflect from the story. But this employee, uh, the person who matches all the descriptions that we've seen in the media, worked for her for 20 years, was listed most recently as an office director out in her California office. He was her driver, uh, listed as her gopher for a bunch of assignments, and also her liaison to the Asian community, where, of course, naturally, he would have coordinated and communicated with uh, Chinese authorities, among others. And what we've been told by her and the media is that about five years ago, she found out that this employee through the FBI was being investigated as a potential recruit of essentially China's KGB or FSB, their Ministry of State Security. And she says that she was mortified and immediately he was let go or fired. It's not exactly entirely clear. Yeah, she said, would, she said, I learned the facts and made sure the employee left my office immediately. Right, right. And, of course, based upon our knowledge and given that this person, it appears, is operating freely right now, working for a quote-unquote social justice foundation out in California, which appears to be actually doing a campaign uh, that Chinese propagandists love to propagate, an anti-Japanese one regarding 
comfort women. Uh, it seems like he was never prosecuted, uh, never paid any sort of price. He was just let go and continues to operate freely. Okay, so wait a minute. Can I, I mean, I know this is not the crux of the story here, but can you give me a, the comfort women story? <laughs> what? Who cares about, I mean, what is the social justice cause on that one? <laughs> Well, the the cover for the story, and there's a, a great piece in a publication called Asia Times, which talks about how the Chinese, of course, are engaged in all sorts of propaganda campaigns, information warfare, which we care about so much when it comes to the Russians, but have ignored when it comes to the Chinese, who are probably a far greater threat to us. Essentially, they've engaged in a campaign to focus on Japan's human rights violations during World War II, so-called comfort women, essentially taking taking female prisoners um, and pimping them out effectively. The Japanese were, the Japanese in some cases were worse than the Germans. I mean, they were awful, just awful. But what's the point? So the Chinese like to propagate this story and basically try to cause a backlash against the Japanese, force them to recognize this and repent, etc., as a means of deflecting from China's modern-day human rights. They have a propaganda effort to hurt the Japanese and make themselves look better. Okay, but Justice Foundation, the apparent spy who was let go, uh, that deals with putting forth that message. So does anybody care that he was just let go? Why did the FBI say they had a spy and then she dismissed him and then they just let him go? Well, they claim that what he was passing along to the Chinese Ministry of State Security was political intelligence, quote unquote. So not anything that would have ever threatened national security and that he never accessed sensitive information, etc. But that really doesn't pass muster when you consider he's in her office for 20 years. And let's put Diane Feinstein's seniority into perspective here. This was someone who was the chairwoman of the Senate Select Intelligence Committee. Jeez. So a committee in the Senate that's dealing with the most sensitive, highly classified, top secret kind of information. So imagine someone with the access, even if he was just a driver, which I really don't believe based upon what we've discovered, even if he was just a driver, well, she's having calls about very sensitive issues or potentially there are listening devices within the automobiles in which she was driven around in her office. I mean, you're talking about someone of a very high rank who had a relationship with the Chinese for 40 years in addition to this one person in her office. And you're telling me that potentially there couldn't have been great exposure to sensitive information. And then the crux of this story is that she has this person in her office. The media is minimizing the story. But the entire missed part of it is that she's had connections to the highest levels of the Chinese Communist Party for 40 years, ever since we opened up diplomatic relations with China. Diane Feinstein has had direct ties to them. And while she's taken a very pro-Chinese line in terms of expanding trade, dovishness when it comes to the military, and then apologizing for China's human rights violations, and it's all right there in this article laid out, while all that was happening, her husband's investment portfolio was swelling with China-related investments that clearly, directly, and at the very least, indirectly benefited from the policy she was supporting. So that's a massive story that's being completely missed and dismissed 
by this idea that there was one guy low-ranking in her office who was let go immediately, and there was no national security ramification to it. So, Ben, here's the problem. Um, you know, we were just talking about fake news and, you know, uh, that the, the press is the enemy of the people, which, no, ignorance and apathy is the, uh, the real enemy to the republic. Um, we all have a responsibility. The press leaves things out. They they um, they drop stories. They underplay stories and overplay others for their own agenda. We all know that. What do you suggest? Because the media, we can't change the media. What do you suggest is done with? I mean, we have two stories today. Yours, the one that you're talking about here. We also have the story where they were, you know, hey, look, this guy was just out in the, you know, the boonies and uh, he just made a compound. He brought some kids and he was a religious zealot. No, he was an Islamic extremist. This was an Islamic terror camp here in the United States. And there's a link to Linda Sarsour. Are you, that's not being covered. That's not being covered. So what do we do, Ben? Yeah, well, in this case, I think you have to look to the silent majority. And if there is a big enough backlash in the public, even if, quote-unquote, mainstream sources, and by the way, I mean, I consider mainstream sources basically the communications arm of the Democratic Party. So you have to assume that they are going to minimize and ignore any story that doesn't serve a narrative that they care about. And in this case, I think in their minds, they hate this narrative because it's contrasting Dianne Feinstein and China versus Donald Trump and Russia. And here you have an actual spy and actual policies that were pro-China and actual conflict of interest on the business side. And they don't want to make that contrast with Trump. But I actually think that the political part of this is far secondary to the national security implications Mm -hmm. and also the idea that a a power like China would try to go after our government and cultivate a relationship for 40 years with Dianne Feinstein. And I have to imagine all sorts of other politicians because they're very strategic with this stuff. And let's put it in even bigger context. China conducted that Office of Personnel Management hack where they stole the information on well over 20 million government employees and applicants to be in government. Information that is the most compromising information possible. The profile the government takes to make sure no foreign power, if they find out about this stuff, can compromise you and go after you and your family. China also destroyed our informant network on their mainland, killed our CIA operations there. So put Feinstein in that broader context, and I think there needs to be an outrage and a call for holding the other side up to account, which is, if we really care about foreign meddling, well, China is a far more dangerous threat than Russia, but let's explore foreign meddling from all powers, whether it's China, Russia, Pakistan, Iran, North Korea, and let's hold all of our politicians to account. And I do think if there is a big enough outrage, politicians don't like outrage. So the only way this becomes a story is if there is public pressure, and that requires us communicating around, unfortunately, a media that is totally in the tank and doesn't want to deal with these stories. And I think ultimately what you'll see if this story continues to build and as people to continue to dig on this is that Feinstein will be called to account. But I think you're going to see other people in government close rank around her. And that makes it an even bigger scandal, yes. potentially. I think, Ben, you're, you're exactly right. It doesn't stop with her. And it doesn't stop with the Democratic Party. I mean, both parties are very dirty from foreign money. 
uh, and uh, you know it, you didn't you didn't do just one person for forty years and leave it at that or one side. You got to make bets uh, on on several fronts. Ben, thank you so much. Uh, you can uh, find this story uh, right now at the Federalist. You can also find it at benweingarten.com. Benweingarten.com. And we'll uh, tweet it as well from Matt Glenn Beck and at World of Stew in case you want to read it. It's a, it's an in-depth read, and it's there's a lot of information to take in. A lot in, of information. A lot of questions it causes you to ask. Uh, and we don't yet have all the answers. Simply Safe Home Security. Great security system, fantastic protection, very easy to use. Uh, that's why they have just been—they've uh, just become a billion-dollar company, which is incredible. Like we, we knew them when there was like five, I think five people there. Yeah, but, you know, I think we've we have taken uh, clients. I think we have made five or six companies billion-dollar companies. We started with—they started with us. And over a period of a few years, they've become billion-dollar companies. It's amazing. I mean, uh, you know, just just saying to you know maybe kick us back some is what we're saying. That's all. That's just, all just I'm toss saying. Us, you know, like all look, I'm saying. I mean, a couple of yachts. What do you, so, you don't need? You don't need all that money. Yeah. Here's At some the, point, you've earned enough money, right? <laughs> You're not even going to notice it. <laughs> uh, here's the thing: those companies. It's not because of us. It's because they're the right companies. They're great companies. Mm-hmm. They now pr- uh, protect over two million people. It's comprehensive protection around the clock. With professional monitoring and police dispatch, you get protection against intruders and fires and leaks and burst pipes. I think the fire alarm just says, you're in California. <laughs> you're in California. Um, Simply Safe. They keep working during the power outages, downed Wi-Fi, even if somebody tries to smash your keypad. And there's no contract. You own the system. It's incredibly inexpensive. Uh, you're going to save a buttload of money just on that. And their monitoring every month is only $14.99 if you want it. You don't have to have it. It's a, it's a perk if you want it, and there's no contract. Cancel. Just it's month to month. Simply Safe. Order your system now at simplysafebeck.com and you'll save 10%. Simplysafebeck.com. Glenn Beck. We, we have to make time for pet foods, too. We have to. It's an interesting sentence. Oh, let me just let's listen to this. Listen, listen to this. When my boyfriend and I got our first cat, Pete, a <laughs> long legged tuxedo cat, Pete, <laughs> we fed him friskies. Depending on the type of person you are, you either breeze through that sentence finding nothing remarkable, or you immediately judged me for buying pet food. <clears throat> pet, quotation marks, food made up of ground chicken bones, beef tallow, so- soybean hulls, and other delightful byproducts. I know this. I know because we were at the time living in Berkeley, California. Pete came to us from a relative in Kentucky. And as to make just make things easier, we fed him the same friskies that he had been happily devouring. But we're not monsters. <laughs> this story is about to get great when when Pete's parents go into a Berkeley pet food store and the guy says, So what are you feeding? What is his diet been? Friskies. Oh my Oh, they are treated horribly and made to feel that they're horrible human beings, and they believe they are. And the links they now go to to show they're not monsters. It's great. Coming up. Glenn Beck.
has your absurdometer broken off? The needle on mine is is uh, is bent. Uh, it just gets pegged every day. This what's happening with the left and the Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh is well, it busted my absurdometer. I, I don't even know. I mean, how many Connecticut primary voters realize that Kavanaugh? The guy who's supposedly licking his chops to get there and take your abortion rights away. He's moving into your uterus. How many people in Connecticut know that he hasn't been confirmed yet? That the confirmation hearings haven't even started. And even if he was on the court today, the odds that Roe versus Wade is going to be overturned are still pretty low. And even if it was overturned, the odds of a woman still being able to have an abortion in this country would still be very good. So what is everybody freaking out about? Well, despite all of the fairly obvious logic surrounding Kavanaugh's nomination in the question of abortion, the Democratic Party has seized on this idea that abortion is in jeopardy and uh, we got to save abortion. I love that. We've got to save death for children. Joe Gannum. How do we know Joe Gannum, Stu? He's a Democrat in Connecticut. We used to live in Connecticut. I know the name Joe Gannum. He's now running for governor in Connecticut. And he says that the threat to abortion. Let me just say, people in Connecticut, how do you do it? Seriously, how do you do it? Do you know, have you ever heard of Texas? It's like not they're not taxing you to death. They're not driving jobs from the state. They're not doing crazy stuff. Our our assembly, our government only meets every two years. It's great. And they somehow run a much larger state. However, I will say I, growing up in Connecticut, um, I do remember when they said they, they had no, no state income tax. Yeah. And they said, we're going to implement it for an emergency purpose, and it's going to go away really soon. Mm-hmm. It's no big deal. Mm-hmm. The governor ran, and he said, you know what? We're not going to implement it. But when he got in, he realized how bad it was, mm-hmm. and they had to implement it for just a short time. Just an emergency. And I assume that expired a long no, time ago. No, it I, hasn't. No, it they're still collecting. Surprisingly. They haven't raised it or yeah, anything, no, right? No, surprisingly. Oh, they haven't raised it higher than yeah. it was initially. No. Oh, well, no. yeah, they okay. have done oh, that. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah, but that was only for an emergency. Oh, okay, good. Anyway, so to get the threat of abortion, it is so urgent that he is vowing in his campaign to protect it by amending Connecticut's constitution. Now, amending even just a state constitution isn't, you know, a small feat. In Connecticut, it requires a rep- approval from both chambers of the state legislature. If it passes, it requires voter approval through a referendum and then the governor. So let me see if I'm finding the logic here. You want to amend your constitution to guarantee your right to kill an unborn child just in case, just in case a judge whom you've already determined is the enemy gets confirmed to the Supreme Court. Seems logical. That's what if I were looking to vote for a governor, that's the one I would vote for. You know, the hell with the taxes and the state falling apart and, you know, actually having to sell assets on the open market to be able to meet, you know, uh, your bills. Forget about all that. I'd go for this. Gannam says whether it takes two years or three years, certainly it is worth the effort. Could take two sessions of the General Assembly. He says if he wins the governor's race in November, he could. He could. Not that he will. He could introduce this amendment as early as January. Why the why the rush to cement the right to exterminate more babies? 
Why, why is it everyone is so... Uh, this is the most important thing ever. Narcissism, greed comes to mind. But mainly because Kavanaugh and the president who nominated him. That's what's really driving this. It's Thursday, August 9th. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Okay, if you, uh, if you look at the headlines uh, in the mainstream media, you are going to see a story about some guy. We don't even know who he is. Some guy uh, who had, 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 had 15 kids. He was out in the middle of nowhere in a compound doing exorcisms. And he's training kids to kill. Why? My gosh, he's got to be an NRA member. He's got to be a crazy Christian with those exorcisms. No, uh-uh. no. When you actually hear the names and then look the names up, you realize this is an Islamic extremist camp where they have 15 kids and they're training them to shoot other children in schools. There's also a neat little tie to Linda Sarsour. But the media can't be bothered with all of that. This is really about guns. This is what this is really about. Andrew McCarthy is with us. He's a contributing editor of the uh, National Review. Hello, Andrew. How are you? I'm doing great, Glenn. I I think, uh, you know, I think probably we could say guns don't kill people. Sharia supremacism kills people. Yes, I would think (laughs) that that would be a good headline. It would be a good headline. Um, so, Andrew, tell me about this guy. Tell me what this is. Well, the guy who is at the center of this incident down in New Mexico, Glenn, is named Siraj Wahaj. And that name is a blast from the past because he is a guy who came up in our investigation of the blind shake uh, that led to uh, the trial of those characters after the World Trade Center was bombed. So if anybody doesn't if, if anybody doesn't know who you are, explain your connection to that, Andrew. Uh, I was the lead prosecutor in the Blind Shake case back in the mid-90s, and uh, we convicted about uh, 12 jihadists for... Uh, actually, the, the main charge was a seditious conspiracy to make war against the United States, and it included the World Trade Center bombing and a plot to bomb the Lincoln and Holland tunnels, the FBI's Manhattan headquarters and the like. So, okay, so now the kind of uh, head of the curve, the father, the father, uh, the, the guy who, you know, because he was a character uh, witness for the defense of the blind shake. So he got on the stand and he was, oh, this guy's great. Tell me about him. You know, you know, it's very interesting, Glenn. He that's he precisely didn't do that. And uh, his testimony was one of the most interesting parts of the whole trial. We, um, I, I was a good, a much better Weasley lawyer uh, back then than I am now. <laughs> so we had put out a, a, a letter at the beginning of the trial. In most of these big conspiracy cases, the government's required to tell the defense who the unindicted co-conspirators are, other people who come up in the evidence who aren't listed in the indictment. Uh, and he was one of the names we gave. Uh, but we didn't identify him specifically as a co-conspirator. We said that we reserved the right to call him that. Okay. Um, so he was somebody who hovered around the investigation, uh, but he was not implicated in the main plots that we had. So he wasn't he wasn't charged. But the interesting thing about him is he is a committed 
Sharia supremacists. He was actually the first Muslim imam uh, to give the opening uh, invocation in a in a session of Congress. He was a fairly prominent guy, mm-hmm. uh, and he was very open about his beliefs, which were, you know, he's a, he's a dyed-in-the-wool Islamic extremist. And he was asked by, I think some of these defense lawyers thought that he was going to be really helpful to them. And um, one of them, who was a blind sheikh's lawyer, said, you never heard anything about the, you know, the blind sheikh coming to the to the mosque and saying that we should rob banks for the jihad. And Siraj said, "Well, you know, as a matter of fact." Uh, <laughs> so, so wait a minute. So is he just he's he's not a guy who um, uh, thinks it's wrong. He's just unapologetic about it because it correct. Okay, right. And and if you had such a person. And he had a son who, by the way, was about, uh, I want to say, 15 or 16 at the time. And then you learned, uh, you know, flash forward to 2018, that this is how the son turned out. How shocking is that? Not at all. Um, Right. So I I think there's two things, Glenn, if I may, about this that that are kind of disturbing. One is I looked at the reporting from CBS and the AP this morning, Mm -hmm. and it seems to me like we're still doing the Obama administration uh, countering violent extremism where we're not supposed to factor in the ideological component of this and we wait until something horrific happens. Mm -hmm. So they say here that the FBI um, did an investigation here that went on for a couple of months and they decided that they didn't have enough probable cause to get a search warrant for the compound. And I, I mean, that sounds crazy to me. I don't mean to, to laugh about it, but I feel like I've been hitting my head against the same brick wall for 25 years. If, if you've got a bunch of people who are operating under an ideological system where they consider themselves to be at war with the Western society and they're living in a parallel society as it were in new mexico and you don't think that that contributes to the to probable cause given all the evidence we have of of what the link is between the ideology and the violent action i just think that's crazy so so andrew Um, tell me tell me what they did find when they went in there uh well they found lots and lots of uh firearms Evidently, they have found human remains, which haven't been identified, but are suspected of being the uh, younger Wahaj's son. We don't know. We don't. We should stress that, uh, at least as far as I know, that hasn't been confirmed. Uh, confirmed. And they have found evidence, as you pointed out at the beginning, that essentially they were schooling these kids who were there, who, by the way, were, were being held in these really awful, dilapidated conditions. Uh, but they were being schooled in Sharia supremacism, including the notion that they are at war with the West uh, and they were being trained to commit violent actions in schools, which is, you know, I mean, if you're going to take this ideology seriously, that's what it teaches. So so where did these kids come from? They were 15. Yeah, I'm not I, I don't know. Uh, exactly whether they're all local or, you know, whether people move from great distances to, to come there. But the, I think the disturbing thing is that you do have some of these, these sort of parallel societies within a society that, that pop up in the areas of the, the South and the Southwest. 
So, um, so they haven't gotten a lot of attention, but it happens. Now, this weekend, there the white supremacists, which is, is supposed to be a big zilch uh, and very low turnout, having a big white supremacist march, and the media is going to make that into the, you know, they're the most dangerous people in the country. Uh, well, there's somebody that you should watch. This is actual. These are people who are actually training kids to kill. Um, and there's a connection to Linda Sarsour. Have you seen this, Andrew? Yeah, well, I know that there's a Siraj Wahaj the Elder connection to Sarsour. And in my experience, Glenn, a, a lot of these people end up running in the same circles. Sure. I mean, I used to I used to have to uh, look at this a little bit more carefully. So you'd see these um, these conventions that they would have every few weeks or so. And mm-hmm. it's always the same names that come up again and again. And most of them have some kind of tie to an organization that is either, you know, quasi formally the Muslim Brotherhood or influenced by the Muslim Brotherhood or what have you. But it's a it's a network that's that's been operating here really since the 1980s. So she she gave a speech at the last ISNA conference and she praised senior as uh, her mentor, a guy who meets with her on regular occasion, somebody that when she gets down, encourages her, teaches her about Islam, et cetera, et cetera. What does that say about her? Well, it, you know, it, it says that when we talk about Islamic extremism, nobody wants to talk about what it is they're being extreme about. You know, we just sort of cavalierly use that, that expression. Uh, and I, I am here to tell you that if you subscribe to this belief system, that is the, the people who do, whether they are trying to move the Sharia supremacist agenda uh, along the lines of, uh, you know, legal action, media action, and that sort of stuff, or you are the, the pointy end of the spear uh, who are doing, you know, the kind of teaching and, and direct action that uh, Siraj the Younger appears to have been involved in. This is all under the umbrella of the same threat to the West. And I know, you know, people want to throw stuff at you when you say that, uh, but it, it, it's a fact that, Linda Sarsour and Al-Qaeda have a lot more in common than, say, Linda Sarsour and you and me. And, you know, that, that's the world we're living in, whether people want to face up to it or not. Andrew, Andrew you've always been a, uh, a clear thinker and, a, uh, and an outspoken advocate uh, for actually looking the problem in the eye. And I appreciate your service and your time today. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, Glenn. You bet. Andrew McCarthy, he's a contributing editor of the National Review and uh, lead prosecutor on the Blind Shake case back in the 1990s. How long will it be before? Do you think anybody will do a serious story in the mainstream media on Linda Sarsour and, and, and the Blind Shake and the father? and the? think anybody will tie those together? Mm, I mean, I did see CBS did talk a little bit about the ties between um, this incident and the father. Uh, but it won't take it any farther than I, that. You know, I don't know. I mean, again, you, you take you take the little bits and pieces where you can grab yeah. them. All right. I want to talk to you about uh, My Patriot Supply. I don't know if you've seen the uh, headlines recently, but uh, wow, things could change quickly. You imagine if they would have taken these 15 kids, put them in 15 different schools. 
They would have had a coordinated attack on one day. Can you imagine what that would have done to our country? I, I mean, I mean, it changes it completely. If you if if you do what you know, Beslin, look it up. Be careful because it's horrifying. Horrible. Uh, but if you look at the attack that happened in uh, in Russia, if that would happen here in America, I think it would shut our economy down. Nobody's going to let their kids go to school. If you had uh, if you had serious terrorist attacks on schools here in America, you're not sending your kids. You hate to even talk about it, but I mean, we could take a more recent example of the shooting at the softball field yeah. one year ago, yeah. which I mean, you know, thankfully was not as successful as the guy you know the guy wanted it to be. But if it was, you're talking about, you know, 10% of all elected Republicans uh, in Congress. It's really, really crazy. It's a big deal. We have all kinds of things that could happen overnight. And, you know, you don't want to worry about them. I I don't anymore. Um, it's, it's, It's a little shocking how relieved you feel once you have a food supply ready for you. Once you know that, you know, it doesn't matter what comes with my job, doesn't matter what comes in the world, I'm going to be able to take care of my families uh, and my family's needs. It's shockingly, uh, it's a real relief. So whether you're in California and you've been looking at these wildfires, have something that you can grab and go with. My Patriot Supply has it. Dozens of emergency food kits as well as, you know, water filtration systems that are gravity powered all at MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. Take the pressure off of yourself. Get yourself prepared. Bite by bite, step by step. MyPatriotSupply.com. Okay, so right. So right. I don't know. I don't understand my country anymore. Right now, Vice President Pence is is giving a speech um, to to drum up support for a new space force. Now, I don't know why I want to say it. Space force <laughs> it does feel that but, way. But uh, they want a new space force, and uh, you know, I. What, what do they know that we don't know? What? What? Why? Why do we need a space force all of a sudden? This is the open of every mediocre sci-fi movie in history. Like they just—we're not. We don't have a reason. But um, who's going to space force? We're going to put that together. Who's who's going to who's going to run that? Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, that would be good. <laughs> that's yeah, that exactly would be really who's good. going to run it. Yeah, I yes. like that. Okay, <laughs> so you have Jeff Goldblum running our space force, and you're right. It's like there's no, you know, hey, we got some satellite issues. We're going to go up there. No, there's a big, huge asteroid coming towards us. That's what it is. And again, it's it's this is not like hey, we want to explore space. This is we need a sixth branch of the military. That is how they're selling it. You need a is military because, space force. I mean, I'm tr- trying to give the benefit of the doubt that it's not just that. Sounds cool. Let's do that. You it does I mean? feel like that. It does feel like that. Because um, it would be cool. I, like, there's you know, Jason, who works here, has a Space Force t-shirt. It, does he? <laughs> yeah, you haven't seen him wearing it? No. He's uh-huh. worn it to work a, a couple of times. It's actually, it looks like it says Star Wars, but if you read it, it says Space Force. Because <laughs> I, it is kind of like a fun thing. I, it's, it's a toy that sounds like a fun thing to have. I don't think we need to I don't buy know, toys. In the situation we're in, which uh, I don't know if anyone's noticed, uh, incredible... The the amount of debt we are currently putting on, and by the way, it's getting worse, not right. better, worse. Right. Uh, I don't know if building a space force is really what I'm looking I mean, for at the moment. I I mean, I know they're making the case, but I don't know why this sounds really just it just doesn't sound good to me. It just doesn't sound like what we should be concentrating on a space force. But uh, hmm. 
You know, Jeff Goldblum, he's never wrong in those movies. Never. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I am just, I am sorry, but I am just, I realized I am just, I am sitting in a room full of just Neanderthals right now. I asked Pat, what, what do you, what do you feed your dog? What do you feed your dog? No idea. No idea. What do you feed your, I don't what even do you know feed if your my dog? dog eats? Uh, does it, is it does alive it still? I, I think. Okay. I think so. Probably eats then. See, it's obnoxious yapping yeah. from time to time. <laughs> yeah. Hear it. What, what do you feed your dog? Whatever Amazon ships wow. On, wow. Sub, okay. on our subscribed okay, I, delivery. I earlier started this story. We haven't been able to finish it yet, but I want to just give you a little bit more. Uh, when my boyfriend and I got our first cat, Pete, we fed him Friskies. Didn't know you had a boyfriend, but that's cool. Uh, no, this is a story that I'm... Oh, so, oh uh, I know because... clarification right there. Yeah, I, I, I know that we were f- uh, um, uh, being judged uh, for buying pet... <clears throat> this is a quote, quotation marks, food. So how are they spelled? It's pet, then what? Dash, a- dash... Dash, dash, a- a- A-H-E-M, A-H-E-M, pet, quotation marks, food. Mm-hmm. Because we were at the time living in Berkeley, California, Pete came to us from a relative in Kentucky, and the ease, the uh, to ease the cross country move, we just fed him the same Friskies that he'd been happily <gasps> devouring. Oh no! But we're not monsters. Oh, you could have fooled me. Yeah. (laughs) 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 So they go into how um, the person at the pet store looked at them and gave them this horrible "you're a monster" look because they feed their cat friskies. friskies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. pet food has become a fraught for me now what once was a simple choice between wet and dry food now entails selecting from a dizzying array of corn free potato free rice free oat free organic grass fed cage free frozen raw meat alternative proteins like kangaroo and alligator uh, specific diets for purebreds from Maine coons to miniature schnauzers and of course vegetarian and vegan formulas plus you're not you're not going to feed it anything that's like has gluten in it are you i hope hope not so when i heard about a berkeley-based startup called wild earth that was experimenting with sustainable clean protein for pets finally made from a fungus called koji for dogs and lab grown mouse meat for cats mm. i've been an advocate of this for how long i think i was intrigued okay hang on just a second lab mm. Lab-grown mouse meat. Now, this is not. This is not like, hey, we got a scientist together. And we're pulling some protein from this. This is meat grown in a lab. Mm. Okay. She met with the in June. I met him at a vegan dog-friendly cafe in the Bay Area, and he ordered uh, cheese rolls made with tapioca and coconut. Anyway, he goes on to talk about how it's super intense what you feed your animals. And, and you know, and so he's working with biotech startups and they they measure uh, or they make uh, new um, uh, meat for these animals. Mm. He said, uh, you know, why am I feeding animals to animals? <gasps> OK, it's just not it's just not consistent with my personal ethics. Well, I mean, animals eat animals. That's what animals eat. Mm-hmm. Some, not all. Mm-hmm. Okay, he said, so they launched it and they first made dog treats made from koji. It's a fungus. Mm, That sounds good already. Uh, It's traditionally grown on grain to make soy sauce, uh, miso, sake and vinegar. Um, Later, it's become popular among foodies. I know I eat it all the time. Uh, He then says, uh, lest we forget about the cats, 
mouse meat now is being made in a bioreactor. A bioreactor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, he says, by the way. Maybe we do need a space force. He <laughs> does. Oh, this I, is the type of story. I'm that... moving off this planet soon. Mm-hmm. I have to. Um, he does say that he is a um, he's a dog food and cat food manufacturer that believes that all CEOs that make this should eat their own product. And so he eats the dog food. And he's proud of it. OK. And he doesn't have a problem with it. Um, but but this new thing that they're making, um, uh, it's mouse cells uh, that grow the mouse meat um, f- from the. Um, <laughs> you seem to be struggling the, with well, this. Well, from the serum derived from fetuses inside of slaughtered cows. So when they slaughter a cow, if there's a fetus, a baby cow, they take that cow and then they get all the yummy stuff out of that, <laughs> and they in, <laughs> and they put it in there's a yummy lab. stuff in that. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. and I the serum. Have thought. The yeah. serum. Uh-huh. And so yeah, the, the serum. The serum. Mm-hmm. He says it it grows mouse meat, mm. and he said right now it has kind of a runny texture. Hmm. Mm. But it's the same as mouse meat. When she asked, "Do you would you eat the mouse? Would you eat that?" And he said, "You know what? This is a quote. You know what? Yes, yes, I would. I would taste it. No, tasting and eating not the same thing, dude. <laughs> yeah, what was it? Fear factor? They used to eat like spiders. That wasn't. They weren't like eat. They didn't decide. I'm going to start eating spiders now. They they tasted it." Mm-hmm. Mm. So this is this is a whole this is a whole story. This this story goes on forever. It's the and it's an Atlantic story about how this person in Berkeley is so tortured by Friskies, and uh, you know what are the ethics? Because I'm a because I'm a cat parent. No, you're not a cat parent. You're not a cat parent. No, you own a cat, and you control the life of that cat. Set it free. <laughs> Set it free. It is, I think this is a sign, though, of our society really improving. Because if you can, I do, I do. Because if you can be bothered by that, I mean, people in the Mm. middle of World War II in London were not bothered (laughs) by what they were feeding their cats. Yes, we were eating cats. Right. Right. Venezuela right now, they're they're legitimately, literally eating dogs there to stay alive. It it is a good sign if it didn't come with all the angst. Oh, I don't know. I mean, mean, mouse meat. So, I mean, they don't even think about, wait, that's that's a slaughtered cow. Well, I want to be ethical. It's a slaughtered cow that had a fetus. So you're taking a fetus out of a mama cow and just harvesting new kinds of meat out of it. <laughs> it's a very strange story. But if you believe like the, the documentary, the, the Matrix, I don't know if you guys have ever seen that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they talk about how uh, people are always going to have ang- angst. They're always going to have angst. They're always going to have their problems. And, and the people who controlled the Matrix had to make the Matrix a little bit more negative because right. people couldn't deal with it when it was so positive. That's kind of the situation here, right? People are always going to have angst. You might as well have it be about things that are in Friskies. in comparison yes. trivial. Yeah, I, 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 I can see that. Right? I, like, I would like to be outraged look. by Friskies. I, uh, that would be, that, that, that does, be great? Yeah, it would be. If because that was our biggest all, problem. Think of the list of problems you got to clear out before mm-hmm. you get to Friskies. Yeah. It's way down there. <laughs> it's also, way down. think of the list of problems we haven't cleared out, and that's still what they're focused on. Yes. That's a problem. Yes. They're going to have something to answer to on yes. the other side. We all do, but yeah. I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah. 
That's so, asinine. So help me out, uh, help me out, Stu. Or I mean, uh, Pat, with the latest from Michael Moore. Oh, that fat lump is. Uh, <laughs> no, that's not brilliant. No, that's not. <laughs> it's not the way to approach it. I can't really approach it any other way today. <laughs> All right. I just can't. All right. It's beyond me. His new thing is uh, Donald Trump is the last U.S. president. And oh, really? His thing is f hope because it's the lazy way f- out. Hope. F hope. Seriously, F hope. F despair too, but F hope. Hope is passive. Hope gives you permission to let someone else do the work. Hope leads people to believe the tax returns or a P tape or the FBI or an adult film star will save the country. Hope and the passivity that comes with it is what helped us get here to begin with. It's the lazy way out. Do you think there's anyone, mm. anyone wow. on the left, mm. anyone that now looks at me and says, he was pretty rational compared to he this. He was downright positive about Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. Compared to these guys, we were. Compared to the absolute absurdity that's going on now, we were Barack Obama fans. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> almost that crazy. It is yeah, almost that man. crazy. We we almost celebrated him in comparison. <laughs> uh, he And he claims he's got this new documentary coming out on Ooh. September 21st, mm-hmm. uh, Fahrenheit 11.9. I heard, is that clever or what? It is. No, what is eleven clever. nine? I think it's the, the day, day after he was the, the election. The day after the election. Mm-hmm. Day after. Mm-hmm. I heard you going through. Um, I think the other day on, on Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze. By the way, that you can listen and, and watch every day. I heard you going over the all-time documentary numbers. Yeah, and there's a reason why he's coming back to Fahrenheit eleven nine. Yeah, uh, because Fahrenheit. Uh, 9-11 was the most uh, successful documentary by like a thousand percent yeah Uh, yeah. it is by a ton yeah I mean he got an Oscar for it he did that's right no he got an Oscar for wasn't it Bowling for Columbine he got an Oscar for I can't remember. He made the speech in that era, though. The yeah. famous speech where he got, where even Hollywood booed him, <laughs> which is one of my favorite moments. I don't remember don't that. Remember oh, please refresh my oh, memory. Oh, I was like, I want to say 2004-ish, and, and he had made, I think he got a, an Oscar for Bowling for Columbine, if I don't, if, I, if my memory doesn't fail me. And he came, he went on stage, and he just started going, we oppose you, Mr. Bush. And he started making this ridiculous like political thing, and the crowd just starts <laughs> booing him. This is at a point where they hate George W. Bush. I mean, the entire nation, on the uh, when it comes to Hollywood, because they obviously see themselves as their own, like, sec- they've seceded, uh, mm-hmm. and they see themselves as their own nation. Everyone there hates him. Even they started booing him for making it so overtly p- political and ridiculous. I remember loving that moment. It was... Uh, Wow, I'm, I'm going to have to go back and revisit yeah, I know. that. I don't that remember. should be on a best of. Yeah. <laughs> I think hey, it was. Rainy day gets you down. Watch this. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, what was it? I mean, if you it was he's well over. He's the only documentary that's ever made it into uh 100 million nine, plus nine figures, right? Yeah. He it was 120 million, I think, 125 million something mm-hmm. like that. And I think number 2 was 25 maybe. Yeah. Which I think one of Dinesh's is Dinesh's are twenty are, are up there. Yeah, he's yeah. up there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but and this one's going to do pretty well. He's he made what two point three? I think the first mm-hmm. week, and it's it was only in a yeah, thousand. He thinks he thinks theaters. it'll make about thirteen, fourteen. Yeah, yeah. Which is good. That's really good. Really uh, good. Here it is. Number one, uh, Fahrenheit nine eleven, one hundred and nineteen million dollars. Number two is March of the Penguins. So again, we're not in. Uh, mm-hmm. This is including oh. that, that type, which is at seventy seven. Justin mm-hmm. Bieber seventy three. Michael Jackson seventy two. The next one is Dinesh. Uh, two thousand sixteen, Obama's America made thirty three million dollars. So the next mm. political one would be uh, Dinesh. Mm. Uh, and then after that, you know, Michael Moore's Sicko twenty four million. 
an inconvenient truth. I mean, here's a here's a movie that affected a generation of political debate. Mm-hmm. It made twenty four million dollars and won an Oscar. And that won an Oscar. Oscar. Won an Oscar. Yeah, Bowling for Columbine is also it was the one he won an Oscar for twenty one million. Um, and then you know, the next one is um, Won't You Be My Neighbor? This one that's oh, out I now. Seen the new everyone's raving. Everybody's it. raving yeah. it. He's saying he's like hmm. the greatest guy of all time. I, I, I'm really interested in seeing it because it's very rare that you see a movie get so universally praised like mm-hmm. this. I'd like to see the dirt on him. I'd like to see the I'd like to see the dark <laughs> underbelly of Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Sometimes his shoes were dirty. Yeah. No, so, well, uh, Mr. Yeah. McFeely. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Who names that guy? Even as yeah. a kid, I was like, Mom, I shouldn't trust. When you're talking about candy from strangers, it's that guy, right? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. McFeely? Come on. What's up with that? It's questionable. Questionable yeah. on that one. Yeah. Could have been like Mr. Smith. Yeah. Might have been better. Yeah. Jones. Yeah. Or something yeah. like that. <laughs> By the way, Rotten Tomatoes, uh, 99% for Won't You Be My Neighbor. Who's the one critic wow. who's like, you know what? I just don't I like don't Rogers. Like he seems like a bastard to me. <laughs> that trolley, I don't trust it. <laughs> but you shouldn't trust the trolley. <laughs> and the king, he was stupid. I don't know what was happening to us at that point. So I'm, I'm going to be interested to see. He says, Michael Moore claims there's a real insurgency, insurgency taking place, and it's not coming from the Democrats. He doesn't want to divulge too much, but he says there's true, true resistance. Oh, there is. It's and, called Antifa and the yeah, socialists. And that's, what, that's what I think he's talking about, mm-hmm. and apparently he's going to feature some of that in the movie. So It's, a, it's an interesting time to, to turn your party overtly to democratic socialism. And, I, and to I, radicals. It, it really is an interesting time to do that. Because, I mean, you can do that at any time, right? Yeah. But right now, let me give you the highest. Uh, this is the These are the worst performing currencies against the U.S. dollar. Okay. You know, like, for example, India, minus 7% over the past year. Okay. Haiti, minus 8%. That's not good. Uh, Ethiopia, minus 18%. That's really not going well, right? Mm-hmm. Argentina, minus 57%. That's terrible. The Sudan. I mean, look, we know what's going on in the Sudan. It's the worst thing that's probably ever happened. It's a national, a global, you know, catastrophe. Mm -hmm. Minus 170% uh, for the dollar. Venezuela, minus 2 million percent. (laughs) 2 million percent. In the moment where Uh that is occurring, they're like, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is the way to go. (laughs) (laughs) Incredible. (laughs) Thank you very much, Pat. Pat Gray. Wish um, I could. I wish I could listen to him for like two or three hours. Yeah, like maybe like if he had his own show on like Pat Gray Unleashed or something. That'd be where good. you could watch him on the Blaze Radio and TV networks. And if you didn't get enough there, maybe you could watch him on the news and why it matters. Happening at five thirty p.m. on the Blaze, as well as right after a my show, top news podcast as well. Huh. Uh, yeah, you get it on iTunes, and you get to hear me, and you get to hear Glenn, and you get to hear uh, Pat and Doc and Sarah. It's a great, it's a great crew. Fun. Owning a home has never been easier, and it continues to be a great investment. But you know, whether you're buying your first home, your next home, an investment home, or you're refinancing, let American Financing customize the right loan program for you. They're going to get you a pre-approval a letter really fast, so you know exactly how much home you can qualify for. And you can expect faster loan processing thanks to an in-house underwriting and decision-making team. So th- this is not this is not a, a company that is controlled by the banks. This is uh, you're not going to be talking to a salesperson uh, when you call up and you go to a bank uh, loan. You know, gee, I hope they give us the loan. No, no, they're selling you a loan. You're paying a lot for that service. They're not giving you a gift. 
at American Financing, they don't, their salespeople, if you will, are not salespeople. They're customer service representatives. And so when you are there, they're working for you, and they're going to the banks, and they're saying, this one, this one, this one, what's going to happen? This is the best loan we can find. It fits your financial needs. And they're not making money on that deal with you. They're licensed in all 50 states, so call American Financing now. It's 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Glenn Beck. Hey, tonight, 5 o'clock, do not miss it. Your chance to go one-on-one. Uh, you can call in on the TV show. It's All Phones Thursday, and you can make that call, 888-727-BECK. You should call about 545, uh, 4.45 Eastern Time to get in line. It is uh, wall-to-wall phones with you today on the Glenn Blaze TV. Back, Mercury.